0: So, yesterday, we were discussing different kinds of um,
1: passages of the Talmud about prayer. In some places in the Talmud, it says that you shouldn't ask for too much. It should be like a poor man by the door, and you shouldn't ask for, uh,
0: for too much. That's what it says in some places in the Talmud. Um, and. This is um, a normal uh, behavior. Normal, uh, good character
1: breeds that kind of approach because because uh, Hashem doesn't owe us anything. Uh, if we would be honest with our uh, virtues and our deficiencies, then we would um, we realize that uh, you know Hashem doesn't owe us anything. Uh, we, we did when I bringing my share that story about that, that little girl with the, with the weights. This little girl. She uh, she's from Belgium. Uh Rabbi, Rabbi Salatitsky said this is his granddaughter. He's the emissary in, in Belgium. So he was she was um she was measuring her day and she says, uh Sprints uh, uh gave Sadaka today and I gave Sadaka today and she's moving her hand to the right and she's saying the different things the good things people did. And I dive in and I and I clean my room and and, then, and she says, but, but actually uh, I didn't throw my away my plate at dinner and she's moving her left hand down. And uh, also my, my brother put through his plate away and she went through the whole day talking to Hashem. And then to finish, she finishes the whole thing with her right hand lower and she says, ah, the side of good has won, Mashiach has to come. <laughs> so, so her grandfather asked her, what was that? She said, I learned I in school that uh, every deed we do tips the scale, the side of merit. So, so I, I, I went through everything, and I realized that we, that we have more merit than, than not, that we deserve, we deserve the good stuff. Anyway, so, um, so if we would take that on a personal level, uh, honestly, we, we wouldn't say that Hashem owes us anything. So therefore, the Gemara says the way to approach Hashem is not to ask for too much, that's the Gemara says. You ask just, just a small amount. On the other hand, it says in the passage, which we say every day in Davening, Hashem says, open up your mouth wide, and I will satiate. Opening up opening your mouth wide means should ask for everything that you want clearly, it seems. So which one is it? Do we ask only a little bit because we know we don't deserve, or do we ask for everything clearly because, because uh, Torah says, Hashem says, I am the Lord your God took you out of Egypt. You see, I could do miracles for
0: you. Um, and therefore, you should, you should ask all the way. So, there are different ways of answering this question.
1: Marsha answers this question. Marsha says, oh, when it says the positive, open your mouth wide, it means ask Hashem for Torah. Let's say you're like Rabbi Kiva. You didn't study Torah until you're 40 years old. You might say, oh, I can't. There's only so much I can learn. I'm only 40. And then, I'll, uh, so the Torah says, open your mouth wide. Don't 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 say that. Don't say say that you're only able to do so much and able to do more. Open your mouth wide. That's that's the uh, the simple meaning of uh, that's a Marsha point. But then there is um, the explanation of uh, Talmud it mentions the Marsha. But then there are other commentaries marsha, uh, uh, on this verse, and they say this verse is saying, open your mouth wide and ask Hashem for all your needs. And this is in sync, it seems, with one of the prayers that we say. Uh, we say this prayer uh, in, this, in the Slichas before Shoshana. We say it on Yom Kippur. Uh, the prayer goes like this. The needs of your people are great and their mind is small. Their minds are narrow. They're, they're, they have a, they're in a state of constraint. And the, one, of the, one of the commentaries explains that you know why we feel we have so many needs? It's because we have such small minds. If we, had, if we had more broader minds, if we were able to look at things more objectively, then we wouldn't be so um, insistent that we need so much. It's only because we have such a narrow perspective on life that we, um, that we ask for so much. That's, that's what some commentaries say. Uh, but on the other hand, if you do feel you have so, su- such great needs, what are you supposed to do? So there's a mitzvah. There's an argument among the sages about prayer. Some sages say that prayer is rabbinic thing. It's rabbinic to pray three times a day. It's a rabbinical injunction to pray three times a day. The Torah says to pray, doesn't say when to pray. So praying three times a day is rabbinic. Some say it's a biblical obligation to pray at least once a day. Some some say, but um, there is a uh, another opinion which says. There's never an obligation to pray except for the following scenario. When you feel that you need something, doesn't matter what it is, you feel you need something, Hashem says the only one you should be asking is me. So, so, so it, it's, it's true that uh, we shouldn't necessarily we shouldn't be in a state of feeling we have so many needs that so we should be a little more more uh, objective and look at things more, more truthfully. But if we do if we do feel a great need what are we supposed to do with that? I feel I need a lot. My needs are very great because I didn't start because my mind is small. Okay, that, 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 that is the way I see life. What should I do with that now? So, so the, uh, the Torah says, if, you, if I feel that my needs are great, I have to ask for them. I have a biblical obligation to ask for my needs, physical, spiritual, whatever it is. As long as I feel a need, Hashem tells me, I don't want you asking anybody else. I want you to ask me. So it seems that
0: this is the uh, right way to go about things. So um, um by the way, you know how to fix the um the uh, the brightness in this computer by any chance?
1: The are you your computer guy, right? I don't
0: know how to fix the brightness. Yeah. Something, to... Windows something, I don't know what. Okay. Um I got to figure it out. Maybe not. You think I know where my settings are? There's on Google. If you're on a Windows, a lot of them have uh, like a little button at
1: the bottom that has F, F, N, and then you hold down F, N, and then one of the numbers all the way at the top has a little symbol of, looks like a sun, which you can, while holding down FN, you can change the contrast and the screen brightness. Okay, guys, it's now a bright day. Thank you so much. Wow. That is awesome. <laughs> okay. So getting back to, so, so it says that you're supposed to ask for need. You feel you have a need, you have to ask for it. Okay. That's, that's, that, that's what Tara says. But if you don't feel you have those needs, or if you have more of an honest and objective uh, a perspective on, on life, so what does the Torah say? So then you should ask for, like, like a poor man by the door. That not one Gumar. There's another gumar. The other Gumara says that um, the other Gumara says that the Shlakish says if your prayers are in order, your prayers are in order, then you should ask for lots of things. So that means even though that means even though you are not um, feeling excessively needy, but you, if you see your prayer is in order, then you should ask for lots of things. That's what the, um, that's what the, the, the Talmud says. That's a, some, some commentaries say, you should ask for lots of what It doesn't matter. Ask, for, ask Hashem for, for it all. So, what does it mean your prayers are in order? Your prayers are in order. What does that mean? So, what that means is that Reish Lakish means, says in Gemara, that there were the people that first chassidim they're called, the most pious people, and when they prayed, before they prayed, they would wait for an hour. They would concentrate for an hour. After they concentrated for an hour, they would pray for an hour, and after they finished praying for an hour, they would spend another, another hour meditation. meditation. These, these, these holy tzaddikim were praying that way. They're, they were, that's called having your prayers in order. You're really into the spiritual stuff. You're really into the spiritual stuff, then your needs aren't your needs. Your needs are God's needs. If you're into spiritual stuff, then when you, when, when, although you're, you want your needs for, for other reasons, perhaps also, but if your prayers are in order, if you're doing, if you're in sync with Hashem's desire in that way, so then the Torah says, ask away. Ask away because it doesn't the Torah, all your ways you should know Hashem and everything that you're doing you should know Hashem. So then, so then you should ask because uh, uh, there was said another occasion, that uh, it says in the Mishnah that Rebbe and his children had seven virtues. They were, they were handsome, they were rich, and uh, seven things that everybody would like. have asks, why does the Mishnah tell us about Rebbe and his children having these virtues, as if like, we need to be inspired to get to one have these things? Everyone wants these kinds of things. So Hebe answered that uh, what the Mishnah wants to do over here is Mishnah wants us to actually, uh, adri- Mishnah wants to address the saying of Job. Job says, f'in I just want, I just want my bread. I just want my bread. I, I don't want to ask for too much. So so I don't
0: want to ask for it all. So since that's that's what Job said. So 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 um, so, um, so, um So a person might say, I want to be like Job. I don't want to ask for, for all my needs. So it says that the
1: Mishra's us: Rebbe and his children had all these virtues. There, Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi was unique in that he didn't have any pleasure from this world, although he, had, he was very wealthy and he had lots of delicacies on his table all the time. The Talmud says there are certain delicacies that people never had, and he had them. But nevertheless, despite all the delicacies that he had, um, he still he still would always. Um, he still would never had when he, at the end of his life, he lifted his hands to God and he said, "I haven't had pleasure from this world, even in my fingers. I'm not, not nothing. Nothing, the tiniest pleasure I haven't had in this world." So, so he was very. He was living a life of luxury, and yet he didn't have any pleasure because it was all about Hashem. It was all about bringing Hashem. into into the world. So it says about Adam a similar thing. It says about Adam, Talmud Yerushalmi says that if you see something, you don't enjoy it, you might have to defend yourself in the heavenly court. How come you didn't eat it? That doesn't make sense. Everyone's supposed to be in a seat with a You see something, you have to eat it. What what does it mean? So the the Talmud's referring to is a perfect saddle. Well, a perfect saddle. Whatever he sees, is, a, is he's able to elevate the to, to holiness. And Hashem shows him things that are only relevant to him. And therefore, he's able to elevate those things, and therefore, they don't, they don't, they don't challenge him. So it says about Adam and Eve, that, that how come they made the mistake of eating from the tree? It says in the Talmud, it's because they added to God's words. The snakes told Eve, if you, if you, um, if you uh, 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 touch the tree, You are going to be fine, and uh, and even though God said not to touch the tree, which wasn't true, and he pushes Eve on the tree, and Eve survives falling on the tree. Oh, you know what? It's it's he's right. God's words don't happen. So the Talmud is saying, in a simple sense, because Eve added to God's words, therefore she had this mistake. So there is something to be said about knowing which things are rabbinic, which things are biblical, which things are custom. There, there, is, there is a, a that there, there is a time when that question is important when you're weighing things against each other. you're weighing things against each other, so then it's important to know what's a custom, what's a biblical obligation. There was Temos. there was there is a Jew in Los Angeles signed stark, I mean and it was night of Pesach. and uh, he realized that he didn't have his Passover cup, his Passover Kiddush cup. so we can imagine the kind of sacrifices people had for Judaism and how important it was to them. He walked over that night to the nearby town to get his Kiddushka. Now, what, will you, what will you and I do? Oh, no Kiddushka. Okay, you started me. He's plastic. But he, 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 he's made different stuff. He's made of... He, he's, he, was, he, he is, on Gazunta a different, different, uh, different kind of person. And, um, and he... Uh, now, but let's say he knew that, um, that the next day he wouldn't, be able to, um, uh, he, he wouldn't be able to. He wouldn't be able to. He wouldn't eat matzah before before dawn. There's no question that he would. That as, as much as he cares at the kiddushka, it's worth, worth, worth walking three miles. But Hashem says that the, I have a more important thing. I need. Be, I want you to eat the piece of matzah before before So So In that scenario, there's no question that he wouldn't. Um, he wouldn't. He wouldn't do that because a biblical obligation overrides a custom, overrides his personal stringency. That's true. But if, there, if his Kiddush, on the other hand, since it didn't interfere with eating Matzah before dawn, he didn't look at his personal stringency as something that was light. He looked at his personal stringency as this is the will of God. This is the will of God. No. And which is correct. There's something Hashem wants us to do as a custom, as a biblical commandment, as a rabbinical commandment. We're not supposed to be weighing God's commandments. We're not supposed to say this is more important, this is less important. We're supposed to look at all the commandments of Hashem as equal, including customs. Even things are just custom. This is what Hashem wants me to do. That's not supposed to look at it. Well, this is only a custom. As um, our our custom is that we read the... Um, we read the... Um, the uh, on the on, on night of Passover, we read the four questions. Some people put the question about the matzah first. Why do we eat matzah? They put that question there first because... It's the most important question, is a biblical commandment. The way we have the four questions, the first question the child asks is, why do we dip the mur and khorosis? Why do we dip the carpas in salt water? And that's a custom. Why is that the, most, why is that the first question? If that doesn't seem to be the most important. And the answer is, is that the night of the Seder is about educating a child. And the way to educate a child, the way to educate ourselves is, when people only pay attention to the big important things, people only pay attention to that which they consider to be critical, they, that tells the child that the whole thing you're trying to do isn't that important, if only the critical parts are important. In order to get the child's attention, it's specifically by focusing on the things which seem to be unimportant, insignificant, and you tell the child, no, it's worth, these things are worth it, and I pay attention to those things. Let's say a child grows up, long his father goes to Shul Yom Kippur, the most holiest day of the year, his father goes to Shul. It doesn't tell the child this is this is valuable. It tells you, you, they're, they're, it tells the child only that it's, it's the critical things. Pay attention to the critical things. does not tell, tell, tell the child all that Judaism is important. When the father, the child sees, however, that the father cares about the rabbinical commandments and the kind of customs, and he has sacrificed for them and he and it matters them. that catches the child's eye, child's eye. That's what the child asks about. So, so, so it, that's why. I want to, I'm saying a big uh, parenthesis over here about this concept, but on the one hand, it is important to know what's biblical and what's rabbinical. On the other hand, it's also important to know that they're all the will of God. decide that something wants to tell us the biblical commandment. Therefore, the Torah says when it's biblical commandment, if you have a doubt whether or not to do something, the Torah says it's a biblical commandment to do it. Like, for example, saying the grace after meals. It's a biblical, biblical commandment. I'm not sure if I say grace after meals, I have to say the whole grace after meals a second time, just in case. Because the biblical commandment, the Torah says, you, you, don't, um, you don't hedge your bets. You, 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 you have to say it again. On the other hand, last night, after a little haims by the Fubring, I wasn't sure if I said Amapil. That's it. <laughs> you can't say Amapil again. That are been, you're not supposed to say a Bracha in vain. I couldn't say that last Bracha. I wasn't sure. If I said it, I didn't say it. That's the Allah. So, so, but that doesn't make Amapil less important. It doesn't make benching more important. I'm just look at the Mitzvahs all equal. So getting back to Eve, the, the, another way of looking at the story is not that you have to know how to balance things against each other and therefore you have to know what's more important what's, what's a biblical commandment, what's your rabbinical commandment. Another way of looking at it is, is that you know, there are some things in our life that aren't officially prohibited but for me personally will bring me down. This is something which is kosher officially but for me it's not kosher. There are some things which for you are kosher for me are not kosher. There are some things, things which you are so in, so in control of your life that you're able to use those things. Like last night, we're sitting by a fire, right? And some people are saying lechayim on vodka, on on. Uh, don't worry, if it wasn't vodka, it was whiskey. Uh, I know it's very important. We have the right kind of. <laughs> okay, so other people are sitting around and saying, "I can't touch that. I can't touch. I want I want to be part of this group. I want to hear what everyone's saying. But I don't want. I can't touch that. So that's something that's not healthy for me. So and that's because that item is a challenge for them Then they can go too far with that and that's correct that's correct so so adam and eve they're in the garden of hashem they the, everything that god gave them is something they're supposed to be using for the sake of hashem because they are perfect tzaddikim, they don't have challenges so if, therefore whatever hashem sends, sends them is something they need to use because god there's a famous story that of Rashi. Rashi was, was once walking in the street. He saw a group of noble women riding the horses, and Rashi asked himself, "Why is the God showed this to me?" And he, he didn't have an answer. But later, Rashi was trying to understand how the um, the aphoid, how the uh, the one of the garments of the Kohain Godal, looked, and Rashi. Rashi writes in the commentary. doesn't say the story. Rashi says, my heart tells me, this is how it looks. He describes how it should look. Describes how the eighth way the Quran looks. He just doesn't say, say, say how he knows. He just says, my heart tells me. What do you mean by his heart tells me? So the tradition is, is that Rashi said this event, that he saw this un, immodest thing. He saw this level of Rashi. It was, it was considered immodest. And why, he says, why did, why did God show this to me? It must be that this, this is a message. I don't know the meaning of the Aphid. I don't know how this looks. So it must be God showed us me. So I should translate in the Torah what the Apha looks like according to what I've seen. That's how Rashi knew because whatever happened in Rashi's life was something he needed to elevate. He needed to be needed to go in the direct, direction of holiness. There was nothing in Rashi's life that was a challenge for him. So in a similar way, that's what the Talmud says. Don't ask for big things. The Talmud means there are things that, that if you're not praying the right way, you may be asking for things that aren't going to help you in life. Like, no, you know, we're living in Los Angeles and there's more people than not that want to get into the, the industry. You know what the industry is? I'm sure you do, you live in Los Angeles. They want to be actors, they want to be producers. Uh, for every uh, Steven Spielberg, we have, you know, how many thousands of wannabes? For every, you know, Tom Cruise, we have how many thousands of wannabes? And they want to be, and they pray for it. And, and, and you know what? Getting that prayer answered <coughs> doesn't necessarily put you in a good place, right? You have to pray, right? all kinds of whole new set of challenges of keeping Shabbos and keeping kosher and keeping modesty and chastity, it, 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 there's an issue there. So, so, so therefore the Talmud tells us, be careful what you pray for. You're not sure, you, you don't, not necessarily, you're granting your request something that's good for you. However, if your prayer is in order, if you know that you're able to use a resource that God gives you in a good way, you have to ask for it. like that. That's why I, the why um, the Talmud tells us about Rebbe and his children. They were rich and they were beautiful and they were handsome. That's power. Mishnah telling us that we, that we should ask for things as long as we're children of Rebbe. Children of Rebbe means that maybe we're not in the level of Rebbe. We don't we don't have any any um, pleasure of this world. We're not we're not children of Rebbe Yehuda Nasi in the sense that we we're totally you know uh, uh, no physical sense, etc. But children of Rebbe also means that we have the same direction at the same direction. We have, uh, we, know, we know where we're supposed to go. Th- there are some things that we're maybe not like, um, we're, we're not, uh, we, 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 we have a physical reaction to things. We feel pressure from th- different things. We feel challenged with different things, but we know how to use things in a good way. Like I know, for example, the days you give know, a Thomas, going to the oil. No, you know, the blesses blessed Castle Kassel with a billion dollars it's only going to cause a tremendous explosion of kudush in the world, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm, only, I'm not limiting it to a billion. I'm just, just, just starting off with, with a billion. Anyway, so, so, so it, it, it's the resource Hashem gives us, and, and we know how to use it. That's, that's That's the point. There's, there's resources Hashem gives us, we know how to use them, and those resources that we're able to use, we have to ask for. So, I shouldn't take a lakayim if I bring it, it's going to bring me down. I should take it if I, it's not going to bring me down, because there is something that that, that can do. Now, that, that's not and the same is also with, uh, there are lots of things in our life. I want to share with you one story. Uh, I'm not, I don't suspect you all of listening to every class of mine, but it's a story I shared two nights ago, but I don't think you heard it yet, it was, uh, Dr. Bresson didn't hear it either. Maybe, 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 maybe uh, Dave LeBelton. Here's a story. There was a guy who was suffering with anger, rage, and a friend of his, he must have been a bad friend because even though it was a good thing that he did, but it's such a hard medicine that even to, to give this medicine you have to be somebody who is really uh... anyways what do you do this guy couldn't handle his rage he took pills he went to therapy but he just lost it But this, what this friend did was took a video of him in a state of rage a video in a state of rage and he saw how his face was contorted he saw how he was saying foolish things he saw he, he may not have uh, Eradicated rage from his system, but some some of it he did. So he lost some of the rage after that. Some of the rage was gone. He, he realized he, he, that that brought him to. It wasn't just that he showed him a video. He put him into like a, like a theater. <laughs> he showed him on the on, the, on the big screen. <laughs> There's something that 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 about his rage that was gone by that that experience. So there are, it's possible that that we may not be able to completely get in control of of, of everything, but we. At least we know we could know what brings us down. We couldn't know what we're able to use. which gives us, we know that this is something that I can use, it's something that would benefit. So that situation, the Torah says you have to ask for. And not only the Torah says you have to ask for it, the Torah says, open your mouth wide. And the Torah actually prefaces it with the words, I am the Lord your God who took you out of Egypt. What was Egypt? Egypt was a place where we're in the lowest level of impurity, which we're lo- we don't deserve anything there. And yet the Torah says, I took the lowest level of impurity. And, and, and I answered. It doesn't matter what has happened the moment before, if there's something that you're able to use for the sake of Hashem, you should ask for it. It shouldn't ask for a little, it should ask for a lot. Because the
0: more that you have, the more you can use. Does that, that make sense? Any questions or comments? I just want to know because I was going to bring us back some oil cookies. Any,
1: any questions? All
0: right. All right, have a great day. Good yontiv. Sruz Davis.